Hey everybody, this is Steve Thomas. Welcome to Budge. This month we're going to talk about principles and practices to navigating obstacles. Everybody, everybody listening to this has hit some sort of obstacle in their life at some point or another. And guess what? You're going to hit them again. How are you going to navigate that? Do me a favor. Get your team in the room and listen to this episode together. Take some notes and create conversations on how you and your organizations will navigate obstacles. Today is going to be about, and I know you probably saw the title, just navigating obstacles and what choices you will make when you navigate these obstacles. And I, I, my passion and my life mission is to help people become the best version of themselves that they possibly can. Um, I seriously want to help people just live a better quality of life. And I understand that things are going to happen. Life's going to happen. Uh, worldwide pandemics are going to happen. Things are going to happen that is going to, that's going to get us stuck. Things are going to happen that's going to knock us off our, our, uh, our critical path. Things are going to happen that's going to take us down in, a, in an emotional or in a spiritual or in a mental way, uh, sometimes even in a physical way. Things are going to happen. And so when those things happen, we need to know how, both uh, as a leader and also just as a person in the rest of life, to know how to navigate those obstacles. You are either going to learn to navigate those obstacles or those obstacles will learn to navigate you. And <laughs> you know that everybody on this call, everybody listening to this, if you're listening to the podcast, everybody in life has been through just stuff that has knocked them down. And it's, 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 it should never be a shock to us when that happens. Um, it's going to hurt, but it shouldn't be a shock to us. We should know that life is just going to be full of all kinds of surprises. And when an obstacle comes, what are we going to do with that obstacle? And in, and we cannot control the fact that the obstacle is going to be there. We'll talk about this a little bit more detail in a little bit. We can't control those obstacles, whether or not they're going to be there. What we can control is how now we're going to respond to that and the, and the choices that we will make walking through those those things. Now, part of this is coming to you today, honestly, it, it, it maybe a little bit selfishly, because right now our family is just going through, I don't know, I'm going to say a handful of obstacles, a handful of things um, that have kind of knocked us off our critical path a little bit in the last, I'm going to say, uh, four to six weeks. Um, and I'm obviously not going to get into all that and, and share that with you. And some of it is physical. Some of it is, a lot of it, most of it is emotional for sure. Um, and, and part of it is, is mental. But be that as it may, we're just walking through some things as a family that, um, that we would consider obstacles in our way. So part of this is what we're going to talk about today. I'm talking just as much myself as I am you, because I got to remind myself of this stuff all the time. So I'm hoping that if you're facing something right now, that you're going to pull something out of this episode that's going to help you navigate these obstacles, navigate those things in your life and in your leadership that will keep us, possibly keep us down and keep us from being the best version of ourselves. So I've said this for a long time. There are a lot, a lot of things that will get in the way of you becoming the best version of yourself. There's going to be a lot of things in life that's going to 
uh, damage and hinder and stall your leadership. But there are two things that, to me, um, are going to be the two things. And I know these two things, when I share these with you, they're going to be kind of broad. And you're going to go, well, you know, of course, everything fits in these categories. And they do. But I want you to think about these two things more than anything else is going to keep us from being everything we can be. Tough times and stupid people. Now, I'm not talking about stupid people like the people that can't figure out the dosage of one-a-day vitamins. I'm not talking about that kind of stupid. I'm talking about when I say stupid people, I mean this in a whole different context. When I say stupid people, I'm talking about those people who mostly intentionally, maybe sometimes unintentionally, they just cause all kinds of disruption in our teams, in our organizations, uh, sometimes in our families. These people that will take their hurts and their pains, and instead of dealing with them in a productive way, they deal with their pains and their hurts in a destructive way. And now it feeds into your life and to your leadership. And it just calls all kinds of issues. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about stupid people. Today, we're not going to dive in and talk about stupid people as much as we are going to talk about tough times. Later on, we will probably do an episode on how you deal with stupid people. But remember the context, if you see that come up, Doubtful I'll use the word stupid people when uh, when identifying the episode, but you never know. I mean, you know, this is like, this is my Zoom, so I can do whatever I want with it. Um, and if you see that and don't want to log on, I guess that's your prerogative. But trust me, stupid people exist. And how are we going to navigate that? Because as many of you have heard me say, you're not going to fix it. You're going to have to learn to navigate through the complexity of of human stupidity, or as I say often, human weirdness, because there are so many people that have their own way and their own method, their own ideas. And 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 I will say most of that's good. Uh, I'm an optimist, so I'll say most of that's good, but some of that can be very destructive. Today, we're going to focus more on tough times, but obviously you're going to be able to think about some stupid people that you probably have in your life and your leadership that have caused a little bit of disruption, and you're going to be able to apply some of this to them as well. But today, for sake of conversation, we're going to talk more about tough times. So how do you maintain your confidence and your self-worth and your leadership and even, even, even your sanity during tough times? Now, we are two years this month from this worldwide pandemic breaking out uh, last week was the anniversary here in Illinois of when we got shut down. And here we are now, two years later. Here's how dumb I am. I told a friend of mine in March when he sent me a text and said he and his family had tickets to go to Hawaii, or, uh, to uh, Italy. And there were taking 20 of them. And this is for the middle of May. So he sends me this text and he said, I don't know if we're going to get to go or not uh, because it's in the middle of May. And, you know, this whole coronavirus issue. And I text back, still have the text screenshotted it because it was that dumb, screenshotted it, sent him back a text and said, ah, don't worry about it. It'll be over by the middle of May. So <laughs> here we are now, two years later, man, and walk through these tough times. Now, I realize that not everybody has experienced everything in the last two years to the same degree, but I promise you this whether it's been this worldwide pandemic, whether it's been a coronavirus issue or not, 
Every single person on this call, every single person on this podcast, you can identify five or more tough times in your life that you have went through. And if you will think back to those tough times, regardless, I call them storms a lot. If you think back to those storms, you will be able to identify the fact that you are not the best version of yourself while walking through those things. So today, I want to chat about three choices we make in the face of tough times. And you've got to put this in your own context uh, because every single one of us, again, has our, we, we have our own tough times and our own, our own context in which we have experienced tough times in walking through. So we're going to talk about three choices you make in the face of tough times. Now, I want to make this clear before we jump into this. These are choices. And some of these are not going to feel like choices, perhaps, but they are choices. And it is the decision that you're going to make. And what I want to encourage you to do is as we walk through these three things, is I want to encourage you to jot down some notes. And then when we're done with this, with this, with this session today, I want you to decide now of what choice you will make when those tough times come. Because it's not a matter of, well, I don't know if tough times will come. It literally is when are they going to come. And the best thing you can do for yourself is to make the decision ahead of time because in the moment, these three choices are very, very difficult to make. But you got to decide now what choice you will make then. So here we go. Three choices you're going to make in the face of tough times. Number one is perspective. How will you see these tough times? What will be your perspective? What will be what I call, I've started to use this word a lot, your C. Your C is how you see in your perspective on a lot of different things, in this case, tough times. How will you see tough times? Your perspective will not change tough times or it won't take them away, but your perspective will help you maintain your self-worth and your confidence through those tough times. How we choose to see tough times is going to be our choice. And this is, as a family, what we've been chatting about off and on for about the past four to six weeks. How are we going to see this? What are we going to do with this? Because you see, the end of the story hasn't been written yet. And how I see this tough time, how I see this storm, whatever it may be now, is going to help determine what the end of the story is going to be. Because the end of the story has not been written yet. You're going to tell a story one day about tough times. You're going to tell how you walked through it and how you made it through it and how it made you a better person. Or you're going to tell the story how you didn't and how you quit and how it took you down. What story do you want to tell? And how you see tough times is going to determine not the outcome necessarily, but the story that you will tell about the outcome of that tough time. Do you see tough times, for example, as an opportunity? Now, we're doing budge as a result of tough times. I don't know if you realize that or not. I would not be doing budge had it not been for this worldwide pandemic we went through, nor would we be uploading these audios to a podcast format because somebody asked me a few years ago if I was ever gonna do a podcast and the answer was, no, I don't have the equipment. I don't have the setup. And to be honest with you, I don't even listen to a lot of podcasts. So I wasn't even sure how the whole thing went down. Now, here we are two years later, and guess what? 
We're doing a monthly Zoom cast called Budge, and we're uploading those audios to a podcast. That would never happen had it not been for tough times. So do we see tough times as opportunities? Do we see tough times as growth? Uh, and I don't know about you, but in the last two years, I have grown as a person. I've grown in my leadership. I've grown um, as a trainer and a speaker. I was getting ready to say I've grown in my job, but I really don't even have a job. I've grown as a, as a speaker and a trainer through these times. Uh, it's helped me and it's given me that platform to be able to grow because of the way that I've chosen to see this situation. Do we see uh, tough times? Do we see storms as life building opportunities, not just maybe change opportunities, but actual life building opportunities? And do we approach tough times knowing that when I walk through this, while I walk through this, and after I walk through this, it's actually gonna make me a better person. Now, um, I, I don't have the platform today to draw this out for you, but if you will picture in your mind tough times, every single one of us is gonna hit tough times. And then you draw an arrow, we're gonna draw a circle here, and you draw an arrow. The thing that tough times is gonna create for us is perseverance. And if you will understand that, tough times don't necessarily create character, but tough times creates perseverance if you choose to persevere. And it's before you hit that perseverance that it's possible that you could quit. But if you don't quit and you persevere, then that will build character. So if you're drawing the circle, you now continue the circle down to the bottom, that will now build character. What I believe we've thought for a long time is that tough times will build character. It will not. Tough times will first and foremost build perseverance. And if you choose to persevere, then you will build character. And then that character, as it begins to form because of the perseverance due to the tough times, will now create in us what's called hope. And that would be the nine o'clock version of the circle here. That would be the hope that that creates. When we hit tough times, if we choose to quit, our character will not be built. Do we see our tough times as a life building opportunity? It doesn't change the tough time and it doesn't take it away, but it helps you to approach it in a way that you know at the end of this, my story is gonna be a good story. And somehow, some way I'm coming through this and I'm gonna be better then than I am now. Now, how are you gonna do that, you see? And then once that hope sets in, then you draw the arrow back to tough times. And why does it create a hope? Because until I've been through it, I will not know how to go through the next one. And that's what creates that hope. And so now, and this is what we've been talking about as a family here for the last four to six weeks, is you know what? We're going to be okay through this. We've hit tougher times than this, actually. We've hit heavier storms than this. We've hit bigger, tough times than this. Let's shape our perspective. Let's choose to see this as what it is. And let's look for the opportunities, the life building opportunities and the growth that will actually take place if we approach this in the right way. Am I telling you that's easy? Absolutely not, it's not easy. But that's why you have to decide before, not during, because if you decide during, you're probably not making that kind of a call. So the number one choice that we make in tough times 
is perspective. How will you choose to see these tough times? Number two, the second choice we're going to make, and these are in no particular order, by the way, the second choice we're going to make in tough times is the choice of our attitude. The choice of our attitude. Now, somebody said this a long time ago. Your attitude will determine the outcome of any event more than anything else through the process of that, of that event. Take tough times out of the picture. If you're working on a project, your attitude at the beginning of that project will determine the outcome of that project more than anything else that you do through that project. Same applies with tough times. When you hit a storm, when you hit a tough time in your life, in your leadership, your attitude at the beginning will determine the outcome help determine the outcome, influence the outcome, just about more than anything else that you will do during that storm. Now, I'm gonna insert some stupid people stuff here, all right? Let's say, for example, you've got some stupid people on your team or in your organization, God forbid, or in your family, that's causing some sort of disruption. Your attitude at the beginning of that disruption caused by stupid people, will determine the outcome of that more than anything else that you can do. You have to see stupid people in a different way, and your attitude is going to help shape your influence to navigate through that situation. This is the nature of what attitude will do for us. So how will your story end? You see, this is what we do with, this is what we're, this is what we're going to shape, and this is what we're going to answer when we hit tough times. So what exactly affects our attitude? And I'm switching gears here a little bit, but hang with me. What affects our attitude during tough times? I think sometimes we don't always pay attention to this stuff. And this is going to get very, very personal. So hang on here. So what affects our attitude during tough times? Your perceived self-worth will, will, will affect your attitude during any storm that you go through your perceived self-worth. Now, let me just get real with you here for a minute, all right? When somebody asked me to do a podcast several years ago, I didn't just say no because I didn't know how to. I said no because I didn't feel like I really had much to say on a podcast. So my perceived self-worth affected my attitude, and that's why I answered the question the way I answered it. Those other things, that wasn't a lie. I really did like I don't listen to them and I don't have the equipment and all that stuff's true, but it's also my perceived self-worth. Do I really have enough to say on a podcast? Do I really, I mean, first of all, does anybody even want to listen to a podcast that I'm going to do? And I start telling myself these stories, man. Your perceived self-worth will affect your attitude when you hit tough times. Circumstance does not determine our worth. And any tough time, any storm you're going through, that circumstance at that time, that storm, that does not determine your self-worth. And watch this. The mistakes that you possibly have made to get you into that storm doesn't even determine your self-worth. And I've played with that in my life because I've done some stupid things in my past, man. I've said dumb things. I've hurt people that I've loved. And I have hung myself worth on those mistakes. But guess what? Your mistakes does not determine 
your worth. You cannot control the storm, but you can certainly control how wet you will get during that storm. That's on you. Your worth, your perceived self-worth will affect your attitude as you walk through tough times. Your self-talk will affect your attitude as you walk through tough times. And um, now I'm going to play this two different ways. Your negative self-talk will affect your attitude. But some of you, what you think is positive self-talk, like telling yourself how good you are and how invincible you are and how, how cool you are and, and, and how all that you are, like that, if you're, if, if you're doing that in an arrogant way, that actually is negative self-talk. So your self-talk is going to affect your attitude through any kind of tough time, any kind of any kind of a storm. So if you like, let's bring stupid people into the mix again, right? If you're if you're dealing right now with some stupid people that are causing disruption, and you're telling yourself, "Well, I deserve it because I," or you're telling yourself, "Man, I just simply don't know how to deal with this. Like this person is going to get the best of me. I don't know what I'm doing in leadership. Why am I in this position in the first place?" That negative self talk will affect your attitude and therefore your outcome of that storm is not going to be what it could. Telling yourself how dumb you are, telling yourself what an idiot you are, telling yourself that you're no good, telling yourself that you deserve this, all those kinds of negative thinking patterns and that negative self-talk we have, that's going to affect your attitude in such a way that the outcome of that tough time is not going to be what it could be and what it should be. The other thing that will affect your attitude is are you practicing curiosity? If you're not practicing curiosity, if you're not asking what if questions, if you're not trying to move beyond your current situation by choosing to see it in a different way and practicing curiosity to the point that you're going, okay, what can we do? Uh, this is what it is. What can we do to move us past this? What can I do to move past this? Uh, what can I do to... To, um, to, to see this in a different way, if you're not practicing curiosity, then that will affect your attitude because basically when you're not practicing curiosity, you're accepting everything as is and you're doing nothing more to move past it. Are you practicing curiosity? Now, some of you have heard me th this question. This, this has become um, evidently a pretty popular question with some of, the, some of the teams that I've worked with. Is there any other possible interpretation so I've now taken that same question and I put a little bit different spin on it. And here it is. Is there any possible other way of seeing this? Is there any other possible way to see this? That's practicing curiosity. So when you take, you know, your, your, your perceived self-worth and, and, you, and you, you, you take your self-talk and you practice curiosity, those things affect your attitude while you're walking through these tough times. And if we don't pay attention to those things, it will drive our attitude down to the point that we're going to have a tougher time navigating these storms and navigating these tough times. So we make the choice. We make the choice of perspective of how we're going to see these tough times. We make the choice of attitude. What will my attitude be? You know what the dictionary definition of attitude is actually position. What position will I take through these tough times? Um, one of the things that you have to ask yourself about a person 
that you are coaching, perhaps walking through tough times. Maybe you're leading someone that's walking through tough times. And one of the questions sometimes that we get caught up in is, um, can he walk through this? And I don't think it's always a matter of can he or she walk through this because they can. And I'm telling you the same thing. You can. The question we need to ask ourselves sometimes is, will he or she walk through this? And that is a matter of attitude. What is your position and what is your attitude going to be while you're walking through, when you walk through tough times? So you make the choice of your perspective and you make the choice of your attitude and you understand that uh, these, these three things, your, 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 your self-worth, your, um, your self-talk, and your practicing curiosity, those things are going to affect your attitude. You make those choices. Here's the third thing. Third choice you're going to make during tough times is your choice of response. Your choice of response. Your response is going to determine the end of your story. Your response in any given situation, in any event that happens in your life, your response is going to determine the story in your situation the end of your story in your situation. How will you respond? Now, you want to talk about something that's very, very important to decide right now how you re will respond when that, whatever that is, happens. Let's go back to stupid people. You know very good and well that people in your organizations, people in your teams, and again, God forbid, people in your families are going to do and say stupid things. You just know that's going to happen. In fact, I will tell you this you are going to do it as well. So we know these things are going to happen. It's not a matter of if they're going to happen. It's a matter of when are they going to happen. You need to get some sort of response in mind. How will you respond when those things happen? When, those, when, 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 when stupid people say and do stupid things, how will you respond in that situation? And here's the deal. If you wait in the moment to try to decide how you're going to spawn, my chances are big. And my guess is you're going to blow it. Have any of you ever said anything? And as soon as you said it, you knew very good and well, you shouldn't have said it. And if you're like me, it's not even after you said it, it's while you're saying it, you're thinking, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say this. And it just finds a somehow it just slips out of there. And then you sit back and go, well, I don't even know where that came from. Well, I know where it came from. It came from your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. And if you will make the decision of how you're going to respond when those things happen, if you will set a pattern, a positive pattern of responding in a right way, regardless of what comes your way, then you probably won't make those kind of mistakes again. And then you have to sit back and go, well, I don't even know where that came from. How are you going to respond when tough times hit? How are you going to respond when the storm comes? What will be your response? You cannot control the event. You can only control your response. Some of you heard me talk about this, and you've heard this in other places, that there, there, there's, this, there's this thought process that's called the event response gap. It's, it's stimulus response theory is what it is. And a guy named Viktor Frankl is the one who uh, came up with this whole theory. And Viktor Frankl survived 
a Nazi concentration camp for six years. He was in this camp and he survived. And when he got out, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And this event response, or as he calls it, stimulus response theory became very, very popular in a lot of different fields. And upon trying to explain how he survived this Nazi concentration camp, and side note here, let's just go ahead and say it. I think a Nazi concentration camp could be labeled as tough times. You got it? Okay, so how did you survive those tough times? How did you survive that camp? And, th and this is what he said. He said, in that camp, I learned that while there, th they could take away all my human rights. They could take away my right to speak. They could take away my food, my water. They could take away um, my right to communicate. They literally could strip me of all my human rights except my right to choose my response in any given situation. That is something that no one can take away from me. My right to choose my response and choose my attitude in any given situation. Now, I'm telling you this. I know we've hit some pretty tough times here in the United States of America. But my guess is none of us on this call or none of us listening to this has been through anything comparable to a Nazi concentration camp. And when I learned this about 25 years ago, it changed me, man. And I thought, you know what? If a guy who went through that can come out of it because he chose his response and he chose his attitude while in that kind of condition, I'm pretty sure that what I'm walking through, I'm going to be okay. But I still have to choose my response. Choosing our response is going to help us walk through tough times and tough storms. But you're not going to be able to choose your response very easily in the middle of it. You've got to choose your response now and set those patterns in place of how you will now respond when those things come your way. When I was 15 years old, um, my mom and dad, my stepdad, my mom and my stepdad got divorced. Now, my mom got divorced from my biological dad when I was three. She got married again when I was seven. Finally, I had this family. Uh, uh, my stepdad actually had some kids, and the oldest, his oldest son came to live with us. And he became my brother, man. And so if you ever hear me talk about my brother, that's who I'm talking about. There's no biological uh, connection there, but there is a lot, loads, in fact, 50 years now of emotional connection. And he's just my brother and I'm his brother and our kids are tight and um, uh, our kids are cousins. They don't know the difference. You know, it's just, I had this family, man. It was cool. I had a mom and dad, a brother. Uh, we even had a dog. We didn't have a white picket fence, but we had all that going on. Man, it was like the all-American family. That was my dream come true because of what, uh, you know, my mom and dad getting a divorce when I was three. When I was 15, all that came to an end. And um, through extenuating circumstances, they, they, they got divorced. And mom and I were moving out of the house. And, and, and I, I had at that time and don't judge me. And, and if, any, if I see anybody laughing or snickering, uh, I, I'll know who you are. But I had that time, it was my first car, I had a station wagon. Anybody going to take, anybody going to judge me? Okay, good. Thank you. So I had a station wagon. So we crammed the station wagon full of belongings and we take it to our new apartment. 
And uh, the last load, man, the last load, you know, the last load when you're moving, it's all the little crap that's laying around that, you know, you didn't have a box for, you had to throw it in trash bags or whatever. And mom stayed at the apartment. She said, why don't you go back after the last load? And I said, okay, I will. So I get in the car by myself, my 1970 Ford LTD station wagon with wood grain on the side, ugly as all get out. And I take it back over to our house where my family had lived now for about seven years where we had had birthday parties, where we had Christmas, where we had dinner, where we had, in my mind, an all-American family life going on. And I walked into that house that was sparsely furnished at this point. And I gathered up all the stuff, put up my car, and I went in one last time to check, just make sure I got everything. And at that moment, when I began to look around, I lost it. I lost it. And man, I knew it was coming. I walked in the bathroom and I got a, I got a towel actually. And I sat down on the love seat, which was the only piece of furniture in the living room. And I sat there for probably 20 minutes and I sobbed at that point. Like, I don't think I had sobbed ever in my life because I knew at that moment, my all American dream of this family was just, it was over. And, uh, 20, 25 minutes go by. I dry it up. I get in the car and the rest of life is lived. And here's what I take out of that. That was an excruciating tough time in my life. That was, um, that was 1977. <laughs> you can do the math. That was a long time ago. And do you know, I still feel that same pain every time I tell that story. Uh, and, and seldom do I ever tell that story where I don't actually get emotional. I try not to, but I still feel that same pain. That's a tough time, man. That's a storm. And you walk through that. But I have had to make the decision to get a different perspective on that pain. I have had to make the conscious decision to shape my attitude and see it differently, and then play with it differently, and take a different position on it. And I have to practice curiosity and go, okay, how am I going to use this? And what can I do to move beyond this? And how is this going to play out in my life? I can't, I, I, I got to avoid negative self-talk. You know, I've had self-worth and self-confidence issues my entire life, and that certainly did nothing to help that. But I've had I, I've dealt with this negative self-talk and, and, and just this, just this um, feeling that I don't know if I'm really worth anything. And I've had to reshape my attitude and, and uh, through, through that storm. And then I've had to learn there's not a thing in the world I can do about that event. That event happened and it caused pain. All I can do is respond properly. And I have personally coached and personally been around and dealt with adults who are my age, who have had events like that in their life, who can't get past it and have blamed their issues in adult life on those childhood issues. And it's not that they don't affect, they do. But at some point, we got to see it differently and we got to respond differently. And here's what I've learned. Had it not been for going through that situation, that's the tough time. I didn't quit. I persevered. 
it created in me a different character. Then it created that hope that now when I hit another tough time, like what our family's been hitting the last four to six weeks here, I'm like, bring it on tough time. We're going to be okay. But had it not have been for those moments of making it through those tough times, I'm not so sure that I would have the same outlook on it that I have right now. So what are you going to do and what choices are you going to make through your tough times? Because trust me, you're going to hit tough times. Mm -hmm.